Hello, and welcome to Everything Trying to Kill You, the podcast that seems to frequently warn you to never purchase a house, because if it isn't haunted or the site of a murder, it's definitely on an ancient burial ground. (laughs) I'm Megan. I'm Mary Kay. I am Mary. And today we are talking about Mary Lambert's adaptation of the Stephen King novel, Pet Cemetery. If you could resurrect any famous person to have a conversation with for a day, with a guarantee that they wouldn't pull any of the personality change bullshit that happened in this movie, (laughs) who would it be? Well, I didn't overthink this. I went with my knee-jerk reaction, which was... Teddy Roosevelt. How did I know? It's, absolutely. It's either going to be him or... I don't know why I didn't see that coming. I... Absolutely. I assumed Teddy or Marlon Brando. Yeah, but I feel like conversation only, Teddy Roosevelt. Yeah. Yeah. I would ask him, That's like... Fair. I would have so much to ask him about. Like, what was it like being a rough rider? What was it like developing <laughs> the nation's national parks? What was it like not being a fucking creep when you were president? What was it like in being in charge of New York City's police force at the, in the Victorian time period? Like, what was it like to fist fight people for fun? And what did your office smell like? I feel like it would smell like leather and Shakespeare. You know? Probably. There's a, this is Steakhouse right next to the bar studio that I go to, and it looks like fucking Teddy Roosevelt is going to walk in any second. So obviously like that's where I would want the conversation to be. If not, if if it wasn't like a, if I didn't go there type of deal. Although I kind of want to go there the more I think about it because I want those dresses and those shoes, but not. What if you got the dresses and the (laughs) shoes and the conversation happened in the steakhouse? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Because can you imagine how gross New York city would have been then? It's already yeah, gross. Yeah, no, thank you. To be clear... I feel like there's a lot of poop. To be clear, what year is this? And you want to be an Arab American then? Well, that's fine. It would have been, like, around the Chicago World's Fair, and I'm pretty sure I could, like, pass as something else. People think... I've been in awe. They ask me, so. and if I don't care about them, I'm just like, yep, that's right. You're right. I just leave people hanging. That's I tell right. them they're wrong, but I never tell them what it is. Oh, Mary. I would talk to Harriet Tubman. Yeah, that's her a stories too. would be fucking crazy as shit. Y'all got all deep and historical. I went with somebody that left us real recently, but Prince. I feel like he would. No, not Prince. What? Why not? But I feel that's just not who I pick. I'm not saying that I wouldn't bring Prince back and talk. I'm not to saying him. I wouldn't talk to Prince. It's <laughs> <laughs> not what I'm saying. If somebody brings Prince back, yeah, I'm gonna fucking talk to him. But. I went with my first because, you know, they always have that conversation of like, if you could have dinner with three people, who would it be? Right. So like out of my three people, only one of them is currently no longer with us. So I went with him. But I feel like Mm -hmm. Anthony Bourdain would have awesome conversation. That's probably true. We're just going to eat noodles and talk about what it's like to travel in a non-problematic way. Also, he said Trinidadian, he loves Trinidadian food. There's an episode where he said that Baker Shark was one of the Three best things he'd ever eaten in his life, so it's good by me. So you're, yeah, you're cool with him? Yeah, but the very first yeah. episode, he went to Beirut, and he said that was the best food that he'd ever had in his life. Hadn't been the Trinidad so, yet. Hadn't been the Trinidad yet. Yeah, well, also, maybe he like, just says that about you're talking to? Obviously, if it's good food, I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, all of it's the best food. I love it so much. Yeah, I was going to say, all of these things that are being mentioned are the best food. That's true. <laughs> all food is the best food. It's making me hungry thinking about it. <laughs> Also, I just need to make this disclaimer because I know I've made it to Mary Kay before and Mary Kay shares the same sentiment and I'm sure Mary will. And I just want to share it with the podcast. When you are asking somebody what they want to eat and you are throwing out types of food, don't ever be the person that's like, I don't care, but I'm feeling something ethnic because all (laughs) food is ethnic. All food is ethnic. Yeah. (laughs) So it is. There's the moral of the story for the day. Even Have we not talked about this before? Now? And cheese fries are ethnic. Mm-hmm. I don't think formally on the podcast yeah. before, so that is my PSA. Don't be that person. All food is ethnic. Throw out an actual idea, or just say or what you don't food. want. That's helpful too. That's yes, but don't say you don't want ethnic food because that means yeah. you just want to die. That means you want no food. That means you, you want just no want food. To sit there and be sad. <laughs> 
means you just want to sit there and be sad by yourself. Cool. Well, what about horror movies? Eh, Let's talk about them. They're fine. They're fine. coming around, y'all. Remember when she was so resistant? I've learned to tolerate them. Slash. And Mary was a big, dumb baby. Now she's all grown up. But you were never a big, dumb baby like any of the big, dumb babies in Pet Cemetery. Never. No. Every single one of them (laughs) is a big, dumb baby. (laughs) I was watching the movie and my poor friend... I was watching the movie and my poor friend is in the other room just like having to only hear the dialogue, like not even any of the visuals. And also then also having to hear like she's trying to work and I'm just like shouting at the movie because black and because Ellie is a whiny little brat. No, because I'm a black person. So like I was just, Oh, well that's true. It was, I felt really bad because on top of the movie sounding surely even worse than it looks, I was being really obnoxious and I just kept being like, what the fuck? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What the fuck? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't yeah. even know no, I yelled oh, at the Mary. screen too, and I I try really hard not to, even when I'm by myself. But I, am by I just myself. remember calling bullshit several times aloud. It if I am by myself, yeah. watching a movie is basically a spectator sport for the people in the movie. Like I am definitely oh, the show yeah. now. Let's jump into this though. Then. Do it. So let's just like start with the obvious. What makes Pet Cemetery scary? What do you think? Aside of the obvious, like, death, but the death (laughs) in this movie, or the way death is approached in this movie, is different than the way death is approached in other horror movies. Yeah. In slasher movies, the scary part is all the running and the chasing and the action leading up to the actual death, and the actual death happens, and you're kind of relieved, because, like, now the chase is over. And in this one, the scary shit happens once the death actually occurs, then it gets scary. I, don't know, I felt like this movie hypothetically was very scary. Like all of the, the ideas. The book is super spooky. Yeah. Well, King said it's the only book he's like, of everything he's written, this was the thing that scared him. Like he didn't publish it until his wife told yeah. him. Cause it, well, it's also the most closely like related to his real life. Right. So he, it is like conceptually. Oh, all of about the, the shining. Well, he, the reason that he wrote this is because half this shit actually like, him and his wife had moved to oh, a house and had, like, and that big turf. Oh, real. I remember that. Yeah, story. and, like, actually hit, yeah, act, like, hit the cat actually got ran over, and that's where he got a lot of the mannerisms for Ellie, because it was based on, like, how his daughter reacted. Oh, and then, no, that can't be, no, we gotta do some better child yeah. rearing Stephen King yes. than making... I think, I think, think they've gotten better. So all the ideas <laughs> are scary. All the ideas are scary, but the execution here is just not that much not until there was like an actual baby running around knifing i'm sorry scalpeling was i like ew (laughs) scalpeling it was (laughs) also 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 i didn't put this in the outline but can we not agree that that baby sounds like a very very drunk Mary Kay on helium when it's like running around talking about playing all the time. It sounded oh, to me my God. like a very very drunk Mary Kay on helium though on helium. That's not what your voice actually sounds. It reminded me of when you were like being like funny scary, like when you were crawling <laughs> on the floor in Charles' apartment. <laughs> <laughs> all right, sounds- I got to give y'all some context if you're listening to this. <laughs> yes, I need some context. My boyfriend is unspookable. Like, he doesn't scare at anything. I'm going to spook the shit out of him. Well, I did because he was cooking dinner for me. And I was in his room. Like, I don't know. I set my stuff down. And I was like, what can I do to scare him? I can't, like, jump out at him. He's not good. That's not going to work. So I crawled into the kitchen. (laughs) And he he saw me out of the corner of his eye. And he was like, what what, what the? That was spooky. (laughs) I was like, yes, I got him. (laughs) That's, I feel like I would be afraid to jump out at Charles because... Because he's he going to knife you in has, the fucking throat. Yeah, he's yes, ready all the time. I feel like he has crazy defenses and like, I don't know what he has on him, but I'm going to jump out and be like, boo. And the next thing I know, I'm going to have a knife in my temple. Like, I'm not yeah. jumping out at Charles. And that's what no, I mean. it's a bad I feel move, like- <laughs> but I did want to scare him without putting my soul at hazard. So... Yeah, I feel like yes. if you had a certain... I think certain, you found a good happy medium. I feel like if you'd had a certain amount of whiskey and had the same idea and decided to incorporate a vocal element to that exact maneuver, yeah. it would be truly... It would have be, ended very differently. It would be so terrifying. It would be so terrifying. But then you would be in a graveyard and hopefully it would not be one where you get resurrected. Charles would just right. be like weeping over your body like, no, 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 she's real fresh. It'll be fine this time. 
No, he wouldn't do that. Well, would. don't worry. He's not. I wouldn't let him Thank unless you. you wanted me to. Like, if you're um, real mad at him, I'm always on your side. So whatever you want me to do. Don't let him resurrect me. I'm chilling in heaven, eating a lot probably because <laughs> food doesn't matter. Calories don't count in heaven. Okay. So one of the things that, I mean, apparently I am an evil child. That's what I sound like. But I think, you know, <laughs> evil kids are in my trifecta of shit I can't handle. So this fortunately, the special effects on Gage were... So, yeah, just so out of date Mm -hmm. that it wasn't really scary. But that would have been a thing that made this movie scary had it been executed in such a way that it stood the test of time. But it's getting executed this April. What? It's getting, yeah, it comes out in April. Pet Cemetery is being remade. It comes out in April. John Lithgow. Yeah. Yes. And we all know good and well that's about to be one of my picks come the spring. Because, like, I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. Pet Cemetery so 2, ready. the re-cemetrizing. Well, I think <laughs> so another stupid. thing that makes this movie I... scary, or should, is that people, and I am not among these, so what do I know, but most people value their pets more than their actual kids, and that your pet can uh, turn evil Yeah, yeah um, nope. is a pretty scary thing, because animals' loyalty is like pretty easily won, honestly. Like... All you have to do is feed them and spend some time with them, and they like you. I mean, whether they're well-behaved or not, that's not really a factor. But Yes, but they're, they welcome yeah. you. But they're interested in you, yeah. Right, yeah. So I feel like those two things are the fears that the movie yeah. is trying to hinge on, and it just doesn't execute it well. And I actually am in support of this being remade. No- normally I'm like, don't remake a classic because you're going to make it worse. But, yeah. um, but this one is not good the way that it is. So it's not bad. It's just yes, very it is. 1989. It is bad. I feel like a very difficult time taking the movie for the time that it was made. Not really, I because like I was obsessed with any number of the movies we've watched up until now that had terrible special effects. In fact, I enjoyed some of the terrible special effects in Tales from the Hood. Yeah, and that, that one I didn't did really... Love. I mean, I like the movie, but like the special effects in that movie were horrible. I really liked they the were, one but I feel like it still year. was watchable. This one, I was like, this is so bad. Like, I don't... The, the effects, and then I know we're going to talk about this later, but what was wrong with the acting? What was happening? Mm-hmm. Nothing. No one spoke with any conviction at all. Except no. for Ellie, and she was insufferable. The stakes yeah, were always very, terrible. stakes were very low at all times. Let's be very casual yeah. about talking to our daughter about death. Let's be very casual about this Indian burial ground. Let's be very casual about resurrection of our loved ones and pets. Like, it was all very, like... But it wasn't even, like, an understated type of micro-expression No, casual. it was actually casual. It was just it was actually poor acting. Bad, yeah, acting-wise. And... I know we're kind of getting off topic. So, Megan, you wanted to talk about graveyards. Well, we wanted to talk about graveyards being scary, right? Yeah. I was just going to say, like, since we're talking about, like, what makes a movie scary, what is it about graveyards that are an inherently creepy setting? Ooh, ooh, dead bodies. (laughs) Yeah, but, like, what are they going to do to you? Nothing. So why are people afraid of them? Well, I think... So what about it makes it creepy? I think it comes from a long time ago when the line between who was alive and dead was not really clearly established. Um, as in someone could be unconscious and be buried and then they come back. That idea is terrifying. Yeah. But I mean, that happened. That's why they had the little bells, right? Yeah. But then the corpses, when they bloated and when they went in and out of regardless, they would ring the bells. Yeah. Um, Vomit. Yeah, but that is why where the practice of awake or a viewing comes in is so like you, yeah. you sit with someone. And I think the tradition. I mean, I know depending on the faith, it's longer, but um, or or more specific, I guess. But it was supposed to be a full week, at least three days, I think. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, to make sure that you are good and dead, right? So um, I know in the Jewish faith, you sit shiva for I think eight 
Or maybe it's just one day. I'm not really sure how long it no, is, but I know not, it's still a custom. It's not one. Okay. I'm um, um, and then I know also in the Victorian time they rebranded the parlor, the living room, so that no, so that it would yeah. be like we also have stuff going on in here. It's not just to watch dead bodies. Yeah. Because you would have it in your actual home then. Yeah, so I think a, that's what makes it scary. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's what I said. Seven or eight days. I could see that. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You know, I ask because I, I guess I never know if I just have, cause you know, like the idea, and I mentioned it down here later about like what's scary about death and dying. And I know we'll get into that more later, but like the idea of death or the idea of like the question of afterlife and graveyards, like were never anything that I found to be particularly spooky. So I think that was more so I think that a question maybe, for myself on why are graveyards creepy. Maybe you're Yeah, they're not very for... spooky to me either. They're usually really well landscaped and like kind of a nice park type of place yeah. to be. I think like, it's there's his, sad. The history a lot of, the time. of it is really intriguing. Yeah, to say they're somber, but I think that definitely Megan's barometer for spooky or not is just profoundly fucked well, at this point. Yeah, that's why I'm asking a question. I just wanted to to affirm your assessment of the situation. Your assessment is correct. Your barometer is fucked. Throw it out there for us. I'm aware. But I don't think they're they're scary. I think that um, at nighttime, any place that has a lot of hiding places is scary to me. That's why I don't like parking decks. That's a good point. Um, That's a good point. Not because of anybody like coming back to life, but because there are people just it's the Kicking people it. that are alive that are up to no right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's a good place to be, where no one is well, really going to be left alone. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, that's a good point. I didn't even think about that. That's probably why they're scary at night. Okay, you're so smart. I'm sorry, but they're scary all the well, time because I've there's a bunch of dead. To think like prey. <laughs> so well, I have to be thinking about true. these things all of the time. <laughs> no, they're scary all the time because there are dead bodies feet below your feet. That's weird to yeah. think about. Mary, you're not supposed to walk over tombstones. That's disrespectful. Well, I don't walk on tombstones because I'm not a gymnast. But I do walk on the ground. (laughs) And there are people under the ground. What do you call it when the... What do you call the stone that covers the whole coffin? Is that not a tombstone? They migrate. The bodies migrate. But what do you call the stone that lays flat over the coffin? Is that not a tombstone too? I don't know if that has a different name. That's what I meant. I thought that was a tombstone. I, I was picturing the upright ones, like a like we're in well, an old timey, old timey graveyard. All stones on a tomb are hereby declared tombstones. Moving on. Okay. Cool. Okay. So, question of an afterlife. Let's talk I about think it. That's why graveyards are scary because no matter what you believe, there's so much possibility. So you know where all the bodies are, but what about the rest of them? Yeah, like it's, I guess it's all like, and maybe that's why graveyards aren't scary to me personally because yeah. of where I fall in those beliefs. Like it's just, but I guess even if you do believe in like an afterlife at that point, like the soul's not in there. Exactly. Right. It's just, a, it's literally just dead flesh. If you be- and right. That's, that's why scary. I don't think it's scary either. Cause I know where they're at or well, one of, a, you know, yeah. one of a few places where they're at. And that's the thing. I think that no matter, and it's not there, no matter what you believe, if you believe in a soul and we keep doing this right mm-hmm. over time, every civilization, yeah. we keep, we keep, Coming back to the idea that, like, you can tell when someone's gone, that you see the light go out of someone's eyes, right? We keep coming back to this. So if you believe that there is a soul and you believe that it leaves a body, then how sure are you about exactly where it is when it is dark out or when you are alone or when you've already been through something scary and faith rattling? If that body is dead, then it's not in its body and it's buried six feet under the ground. So, yeah, but the soul could be any number of places because you believe the soul left the body. And that's what I'm saying. When you I already have fear that that or doubt, is the case, then, personally, then you, may, but... may, you may fundamentally believe something else, but when you yeah. already have fear or doubt, like coloring your, your thought process in the moment, then it's a lot easier to believe that yeah. well, like if it's not in the body, what if it didn't make it to where I believe it goes? So I guess it's just like a matter of personal belief. You know, I'm not religious. So personally, I'm, I don't believe that my soul is necessarily going where I'm dead and I'm dead. And Mary Kay, correct me if I'm wrong, but when you die, you're going, essentially, you're going to one of two places. You're yeah. not hanging in the graveyard. Yeah. But also, I feel like I never understood why people would say that graveyards are haunted. Because don't ghosts typically tend to haunt places that have some sort of meaning? Yeah. And if, like, your soul had already left your body and you're going to haunt something, I don't see why you would choose to stick around and haunt a graveyard. 
know. Maybe maybe places that meant something to you or have changed so much. Who had yeah fucked me over. Like if I knew that my kids were to come back and visit my grave, but the home where I lived is gone, I would just like. Also, I might just like party in a graveyard because I would just be like a dick and like I know people are already scared there, and I'd be like, ha 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 ha. I think the the thing about graveyards and afterlife too depends on where you are in the world. Um, Absolutely. Because, I mean, you guys have seen this movie Coco, right? Yeah. Totally different philosophy toward, or like attitude toward death yeah. than what what we see so most. So it's more than just religious beliefs. Yes, I agree. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely like cultural and ethnic, like geographical location beliefs. Mm-hmm. I right. think so, yeah. I mean, and like Mary was saying on Tales from the Hood, um, many people believe like traditional christian beliefs but add to it like add supernatural like or uh Mm -hmm. superstition to it um and i think that also comes with ethnicity too or even just location family history and also there's definitely there's like eight billion things that tie into it yeah that's really cool concept of like how different death is as a concept to everybody it's a pretty Mm -hmm. personal pretty personal thing there's a pretty cool book that talks about uh customs of death um it's by caitlin dowdy i think i'll link it in the show notes but i uh yes from here to eternity is what it's called and it's a bunch of different rituals that people do after death it's it's very cool so i'll link to it i'm gonna have to add it to my list i added i made like a little amazon cart of things i'm just gonna like keep adding to over the next couple of weeks and make like a big order of some cool books before my child is born so Mm -hmm. i have things to do when i'm just like sitting here and need to be quiet while he's sleeping but i added that the is it behind the formaldehyde curtain that you told us about in the one of the other episodes yeah Yeah, that's a short story you can find that easy Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I added I can't, that to my list okay. of things too. Uh, this book so. I heard of through Keep Trista giving me Edwards. All the cool, yeah. spooky things. Well, one of the spookiest, scariest slash realest things about this movie, because most of it was farcical to me, is the confirmation <laughs> bias of the doctor who Lewis. Yeah, his he Pascal is like, no, you know what happens. You just you just went through this. Don't do it. And he's like, no, it's because I waited too long. Like, he has already got this narrative in his head. And he just, whatever happens, just confirms what he already thinks. And that is very frustrating to me in life, but especially in a movie when they can't hear me scream at them. So I think that's that's a dangerous thing that most people experience. And if you don't constantly keep yourself in check, can escalate out of control. So... That's my main thing that was yeah. actually effective. Yeah. Confirmation bias as a thing is <laughs> definitely frustrating and unsettling. Well, for me, that was just like the unyielding stupidity of white dudes. That like, <laughs> even when another white dude has been through it and can tell you, no, we tried this whole thing before. It went terribly. Don't do it. Even when multiple white dudes tell you the same thing. You're like, yeah, yeah. that's why I think it doesn't really have to, anything to do with his race. I think it has more to do with like, he's a doctor. Yeah. And he's used to being in charge and calling you are the shots. A man of science. Pascal is not, you know, like he is the, I, we're going to get to him in a minute because he don't make no sense. Yeah. I also, I think I just <laughs> never really bought, I never really bought the whole doctor thing. I mean, I know literally he was, I just like, it, it just, I didn't buy. He's it. home too much to be a real doctor. That is super true. The one yeah. time we see him with a patient, he's like, they put the patient down. He's like, oh no, this one's done. Just like, yeah. <laughs> shut it down. Oh, can we talk about well, that nobody scene Nobody said he too? was a good doctor. Because, yes. yeah, but that scene, like, there was so much potential for that to be the scariest scene. Yeah. And we just cut right over it. And it's like, what, what, what? Like, now we just see him as a ghost with half of his head missing? Like, why yeah. don't you also, why this. is there no ambulance? Why are all of his friends dragging him into the hospital on a blanket? I don't have a good answer. Well, for it's that. in the I book that, that way did, too, and, and you don't, don't get a you yeah. don't get an explanation in the book either. Yeah, hopefully, new writers, y'all need to ja- y'all need to make some fill some of these plot holes. Yeah, because I don't it's not think the eighties anymore, and we won't take it. No, there's too much good and shit Stephen out King there. Is not doing the screenwriting. He is or is not. 
He's not. Yeah, I didn't think so. To my understanding, he's not doing it, which I'm just going to go. I've got it down here later, and I'm just going to say it since we just said it. Stephen King is by far my favorite author. He is one of the best prose writers there is, but his screenwriting is frequently lacking. Granted, this was his first one, but they really didn't get much better. This wasn't his first novel. No, it was his first screenplay. Okay. I feel like Carrie is his best movie of the ones that I've seen. Or I don't think he didn't do the screen. He didn't do the screenplay for Carrie. Oh, okay. Oh, I see. Okay, yeah. I got it now. Okay. Yeah, sorry. Oh, yeah. There we go. The first time, yeah, because Carrie came out almost ten years before this movie did. But I this is the so, first time yeah. that he was the one that actually did the screenplay for his own adaptation. Mm-hmm. So Mary Lambert did her directing. Stephen King did the screenplay, and it's poop. I'm sorry, Stephen King. I love you so much, but your screenwriting is crap. Yeah, every scene I was workshopping in my head. That's not good. That's not the way it's supposed to go. Also, I think I do think that the set of the of the cemetery itself was spooky, and it 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 did a good job. And it was in concentric circles, yeah. and it looked like some sort of crop circle thing. And I thought that was well done. I appreciate that. Usually the burial ground trope is run into the fucking ground for me. But I feel like the cemetery and the burial ground concept here was much more deliberate and executed yeah. purposefully instead of just like haphazardly like thrown in for a last minute explanation, which is how I felt with Amityville Horror. Well, it also was never a burial ground from what I understand. The... There's like this throwaway line that says the Indians knew this ground was cursed and so they abandoned it. But I don't think it would they were burying anyone there. Yeah. So at least that. I feel like Maybe in not. the 80s fucking everything was written off with, "Oh, it's a Native American curse." And it's like, "Oh, yeah. Which one? Which curse? Like on whom?" <laughs> like who is being cursed? Yeah. In which Native Americans? Because there are many different right. types. The way you make it not racist is to be more specific. There you go. I, I thought, I didn't think this one was in particular. It was just like, you know, the most spiritual people, most spiritual ethnicity that we know in the 80s thought this place was cursed yes. and abandoned it. And then we just yeah. disregarded that. Yeah, we did have a really white cast in this, which makes sense because isn't it in Maine? It is in Maine. Mm-hmm. He was adamant that it took place 20 minutes from his hometown. So, Yeah, that's okay then. Also, their accents were nutso. That was fun. <laughs> Judd's accent, I was like, wow, this is really mid-Atlantic type of... I better go call the detectives right now. Like, it was very Mark, strange. Mark, the back. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hate it. It was cool. Was it... Well executed. Was it necessary? Maybe I have not. never been Did to Maine, it? so I don't know. No. So maybe it's a situation where, like, people go to Atlanta and they're like, I've been to Georgia. People don't talk like that there. But it's like, but okay, but you were in Atlanta. Like, nobody talks yeah. like that in Atlanta because nobody's really from Georgia in Atlanta. That's true. Or at least, That's like, they know how to code well enough where you wouldn't know. Um, reanimated corpses. Yeah. But, like, what type of reanimated corpses are these? Are they just, like, your regular run-of-the-mill reanimated corpses? Also, small fact, Romero was first in line to direct this film, but he had to back out when they kept delaying filming. I feel like he would have done a better job, honestly, because Night of the Living Dead had, had 20 years older special effects, and I love that movie. Yeah, so. well, I think he knew how to keep things so simple yeah. that they were still believable. Right. And obviously the reanimated corpse, like, was his thing. Yeah. So he knew how to do that well. Yeah. I feel like the reanimated corpse visual that we get in this is campy. Mm-hmm. And it wouldn't be, it, it's not scary because it's too overwrought, just like you said. Also... Whenever he wakes up and his feet are all muddy because he's been to the graveyard, it pisses me off when people go to bed nasty. (laughs) It makes me so grossed out. I mean, same. Like, rinse off, motherfucker. Gross. Yeah. You could literally... 
get clean enough to get in your bed with a three minute shower. Yes. At minimum. Jake, just just rinse your pits and your feet off. You at least take a hoe bath. A little bit of soap. Yeah. At least. <laughs> hoe bath. What the hell's a hoe bath? You don't know Come what a on. hoe bath is? No. It's where you just wash the important the parts. That's oh literally God. what it is. Yeah. Your what mom never told you you needed to I take a hoe bath? At least a hoe bath? Mary, back me up here. Mary? I have never in my entire life heard that, and I'm so excited to have learned that just now. I said it in front of, like, two friends the other day, and I was like, oh, that's what my mama called it. And they're like, that's what everybody's mama calls it. But apparently not. Okay, listeners, if your mama called it a hoe bath, when you would just go wash the important parts, let us know, please. Yeah, this man's a doctor who got his muddy ass into bed. What's going on there? Well, first of all, I don't believe that he's a doctor because doctors should trust in the things that they should, that they see. Like they are, he is a man of science. He should trust in the observable things. Yes. And he doesn't. So I don't know what the deal is if he got fired for malpractice and now he has to move to this really remote location off of this main trucker road. But like, well, we need more character development because I don't care about any of these people. Like, no, for example, what is the point of the Missy plot line? It, I don't nothing, know. Honestly, okay. unfortunately. All right. I don't uh, even. I don't know. I'm sure there's something deep and metaphorical behind it, but it was lost on me and it wasn't well developed for it to have any sort of deep metaphorical belonging in this film. Yeah, I, I didn't. If there was any. Like, why? Why did that exist? <laughs> For real. I don't know. Why does Rachel exist at all? I don't know. And I don't know how we're supposed to sympathize with Lewis or Rachel after they neglect Gage for real twice and let him run into the fucking street. Like, like I get you make I a mistake, understand. but you don't make the same mistake that big twice in a row. No. No. Also, there's just, there's too much space between the house and the road. For him to get in the road like that. Right, if you ain't checked on him in that long. Yeah, no. Like, you live in a suburban neighborhood. Like, literally, I take two steps outside my front door right now. And, like, I'm in the road. That I'm a little bit more sympathetic to. But, like, you had a whole acre and a half between your front door and that fucking truck's grill. Yeah. How did you keep your eyes off your truck? And there are three adults there. And a child. not one of you. Not one of you knew where that child was. They, they, he was right there. Like, he was right there. And what responsible parent doesn't just talk to your child about death? For real. Like, it's not that taboo. I get that you might need to ease a child into that conversation because it can be lofty, but also, like, it's not a taboo thing. Death happens. Talk to your fucking children about death. There's my yeah, second Yeah, especially when they ask. In this film. It's not ethnic food, and death should not be a subject <laughs> that you lie to your children about. Preach. Plus, Ellie asked. She yeah. asked about it. If That's the appropriate time to have the conversation is when someone, when your child asks. Absolutely. Like, maybe they don't bring it up out that of nowhere. Yeah. You had to know it was going to happen. Like, like Rachel's yes. interactions with Zelda? What did y'all think yeah. about that? Every once in a while. Yeah, every once in a while I'm worried. And I'm like, wow, parenthood sounds scary. Maybe I'm going to be a terrible mom. And then I'm like, I watched Pet Cemetery, And I'm like, no, I think you're going to be okay. I think you're going to be a fine mom, Megan. Because you won't let your toddler run two acres into the road. And <laughs> let your child scream. And when your child asks you about death, you're not just going to make dumb shit up to it. So I think you'll be, I think you'll be fine. I think you'll be a great parent for what it's worth. Oh my gosh. Thanks, Mary Kay. You're welcome. I think I think you're only gonna fuck your child up in the interesting ways. I hope so. That's the truth. But I also hope that you guys do the same thing as ants. Like Mary Kay said, she's gonna teach them how to put chips on a sandwich all the time. <laughs> I took that mm-hmm. from Liz Lemon. I've been stealing <laughs> jokes, y'all. For real. Look, and I don't ever know that you're stealing them. So I'm like, guys, my friend Mary Kay said the funniest thing. And people are probably like, this Mary Kay is a fucking sham. Yeah, I'm not funny. I just have good taste. Um, oh, but for real, though, like, I don't think that it's very nice to portray 
another child with a serious disease as a monster. I just don't think that that no. is a nice thing to do. And I get it's that not. maybe your sister would be scary to you, but I also kind of think, no, you know that she's your sister, so it's not scary to you. It's scary what's happening Well, maybe to her. she doesn't know that because her parents don't explain shit to her. And she so doesn't maybe explain she has anything no to her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, she was young, right? How old did he say she was? Seven, eight? He says, he right. says, when she's telling him, he says, like, why did they leave you alone with her at that age? And mm-hmm. I don't, I mean, for that, for that age, I don't think that's completely absurd that. No, I don't either. That that's not her sister anymore to her. Like, that that's, that's the coping mechanism that's happening for her is that. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Sister, sister is gone, has been replaced by terrifying monster. And then this is, that's a failure of the storytelling, right? If we are not seeing that, like, oh, this is through the lens of and not. Yeah, well, that needed to be better established then. And if we're not going to establish that, we're just going to let somebody think that their sickly sibling is a monster. Like, I don't know, maybe write better parenting into the script. Yeah, I can remember being like three years old and going to see my big city in the hospital and knowing it was her, but being scared by, by the machines that she was attached to. Yeah. But I knew it was her, number one, and... Also, my parents were there to be like, it's Siti. She's okay. Like, these are just, these are healthy machines. Yeah. And then I, oh, Siti, by the way, means grandmother. Uh, sorry. I know they're that y'all know her. that, but like their listeners don't. Yeah. And then number three, I was three years old. Or yeah, like maybe think, four, not eight. Well, I think it's that. That's a significant difference. Yeah. I think for me, it was the inversion of that, like, in, because she previously loved Zelda, that it was easier to think of this as a monster, not Zelda. Or, like, to, to monsterify right. her in her mind. And then when fucking Dr. Demi <laughs> loves the people in his life so much Dr. that Demi. he <laughs> will turn them into monsters. Like, it, it's like one of them is what we do because we love someone and the other is what we do because we love someone. But either way, you turn them into a monster. Also, can we talk about how they casted a grown man to play Zelda because they didn't think that a child would be scary? I thought that was a man. Because a child would have been plenty scary. Uh, more scary, for sure. That toddler was scary enough for me, running around with a scalpel giggling. Yeah. You know, it was the Evil same giggle we played scary. over and over, yes. though. Like, that was the part where I was like, try a little. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, I think this is sort of a paying it forward situation, because Dr. Lewis, I don't remember, Creed? Was that his last name? Rachel. Mm-hmm. Rachel's the mom. Yeah, what's her last name? It's Creed, right? Yes, 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 yes. Okay. Rachel, um, yes. But I think that he is trying to pay it forward to Dr. Dummy Creed because Dr. Dummy Creed tried to save his life, which never mind that that is his actual fucking job that he sucks at, apparently. But no, Mary Kate, I mean, worry. I guess it's not his job to run the hospital. But. He's a white man. He gets special credit for everything. Oh, my gosh. In this movie, just like, yeah. What the fuck? We, like, cut over all of the medical drama. Anyway, and then he, like, comes back to warn him real quick. But why would he do that? How would he know that? We don't have enough convention. No, we don't. There's, at all. I was wondering how long it was going to take for that exact sentence to come out of your mouth. For this movie, <laughs> but there was none. Like, I was waiting. There was I none. I want it to be, like, an episode of Pee Wee Herman's show, whatever it is, where it's like, the word of the day is... Convention. convention. <laughs> but it didn't happen at all, at all. When I when he came when he first started showing up gall ghost like, I was like, wait, what is this story? <laughs> Where did you come from? Why are you here? Why do you care? And how do you know? <laughs> yeah. Just let him be an unconventional spirit guide with no purpose, Mary Kay. Absolutely just not. What the fuck did you it just say? It does kinda seem like a... Virgil taking Dante through hell. Yeah. But we know who Virgil is. We know, we don't know who Pascal is at all. In the book, we get a little bit of background, but we don't get any of that in the movie at all. No, we don't. So. And why? Because it's not like, I don't know. It was a fairly short movie in the grand scheme of things. They could have easily packed some convention in there. I mean, even just like a couple of lines to establish why he's trying to help. Yes. Or how he knows what he knows. 
Yeah, that would have been, that would have made the world of a difference. Why are we not all writing films? I think that's what half of us are. (laughs) Okay, well. You went out. You're not writing a movie, you're writing a book. Which will be optioned. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) I hope if I play my cards right. Also, side note, I was talking about your cool book to a coworker, and she was like, is this out yet? And I was like, it's not. She was like, okay, well, I need to know when it is because I want the first copy. And I was like, bitch, fight me for it. Oh, I'm going to give so, it to you whenever this happens finally. No, I'm going to Thank buy it. And I want to be it. the first one to buy your book. Oh, okay. But also my coworker really wants it. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Can I, can I talk about death we- and grief? Can I just be the one to announce to everybody that Megan the fuck wrote in this outline, why are we as humans so inherently afraid of dying or losing loved ones? And all I wrote back in bright purple ink was, is this a trick question? <laughs> no, it's not a trick question. I and think we kind you of know you're not really before. asking a question though, right? <laughs> no, I am asking a question because if because you're- Because we're humans know. and we know that we're going to die and no other animals do. So we obsess okay. about it. I I don't. That's why I'm asking. I mean, like, as a group, humans. Megan, would you yeah. not fear their mortality because like, we're the only animals who know that we're going to die. Here, I got this. I got yeah, this. But then you either believe essentially like one of two things. Either you die and you have no awareness of it and it's just, it's over. Or you die and you go somewhere cool. Or assuming you're not a piece of shit. So let's like, frame this in a way that actually works for you, Megan. I guess. Do you, would you like to spend the next twenty ruminate, minutes ruminating on what happens when Trigger dies? I mean, I know I'm gonna be like horribly upset about that, but also like that's I don't know. If you had to watch like, an hour, and a, if you had I'm to watch saying. an hour and a half long movie specifically about Trigger, would you not be like, holy god? Holy that's God. what I'm saying. Why is that a thing? Then, like logically, like I thought, my always my joke is is that I live in a world of data and science. I do not live as a person in a world of feelings. Like things are very ones and zeros to me. They are very logical. That's why data analysis and I go so well together. So, like I get it. Like with people, it feels more black and white to me than I guess pets. And maybe it's because, like Mary Kay said, like as a human, we understand we're dying. As a pet, like they don't. So they don't care. I don't know. Yeah, so it's either like you don't get to talk to the person that you love anymore or be around them ever again, or you have to wait a long time to do that. So both of those suck, and I think a lot of the inherent inherent fear is that we don't like things that we don't understand, and even people who believe things, it's a a faith-based thing. (laughs) Oh my god, yeah, that's not actually funny, but... It, no, no, the way you glitched to me, you went, it's a faith-based yeah, thing. Based thing. Yeah. You, like, yodeled just the word faith, and it was really awesome. It made me able to laugh about a thing that I w- was really upset about until you accidentally yodeled. You didn't even yodel. The computer yodeled <laughs> on your behalf. There we go. Mood lightened. But that's true. I guess it is definitely like you're still like even with faith based, you're still riding on faith. The thing is, like even for someone like me of faith, you think you're going to the good place. You tried everything you could to go to the good place. And then what if you got it wrong? But what if the good place is the bad place? (laughs) That's the real question. Yeah, that's true. The real question is, if you were in the good place, what flavor frozen yogurt would you be eating every day? If I was in the good place, it would be real fucking ice cream. If it were my good place, there would not be frozen yogurt. (laughs) If it were my good place, I would eat like ice cream and cheesecake and actual dairy all of the time and just not ever be sick. That's what I said. I dig it. I mean, not exactly, but I'd want real ice cream and not frozen yogurt. I like all frozen treats, except for popsicles. I don't dislike popsicles, but, like, I'm not here for popsicles like I am for ice cream. Mm-mm. I no, love popsicles. not. Unless it's one of those My orange push pops. My teeth are too sensitive for popsicles, I think. Those oh, orange, yeah, those, those were the tits, yes. That's because that's just ice cream in a tube. Yeah. I also liked those, remember those Mickey Mouse pops? They had the crunchy yes. ears. Those were the best. yes. Or the strawberry cheesecake ones, like the strawberry crunchy ones. Oh, the, or the, eclair, dumb the, the eclair. Like, You're talking about the eclair bars. 
Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Those you're talking about delicious. a Choco Taco. That's what's up. I used I'm to not, eat, but I liked those too. I had those in yeah. Spain all the time. What I really liked in Spain were the Choco Mag- Tacos. Uh, yeah, the Magnum bars. Um, oh yeah, that had the like that double layer of chocolate, like caramel or That's chocolate a or something rich in between. Man's Choco Taco. No, it's a Magnum <laughs> bar. It says so on the wrapper. Comes on a stick, not a Choco Taco. Well, that's your misfortune. I just said I also ate Choco Tacos. Um, so, really, I've I've lived a very full life. All I've lived ice a full cream life. Base treats are delicious. We are in agreement. Yeah, fundamentally, Unless we agree. We're arguing over minutia. Then we're all in agreement that Mary is wrong because of my <laughs> peanut butterism. Yeah, I thought about you today when I was like, I want a snack, but I'm too lazy to make an actual snack, so I just put like a bunch of peanut butter on a spoon and I was like this will do (laughs) I was like man Mary would be vomiting not really (laughs) not really because it's not even the flavor thing it's the it's something about that flavor and texture shouldn't go together in my mind that's fair it is sort of fascinating I'll psychoanalyze that later for now let's psychoanalyze fuck your segue what is this movie even about why are we watching but this? My segue is Pet Cemetery really just a fable for wanting something so bad that you are willing to ignore all the consequences. No, that's the thesis, right? No, it's about how you got to be careful. It's about how the only thing scarier than losing your loved one or pet is having to kill them. That's a good point too. Well, then that's also true. Well, like yes. maybe don't try <laughs> to bring them back. Maybe if something is dead, just let it be dead. Like my career. But yeah, that's but you know we can't do that. I was gonna say that's something that in humans inherently do too. We have like this horrible inability to just let the fucking past stay buried. Yeah, because we don't like to, or to think leave that things, things are in the past. out We're of our control. Replaying memories or asking what if or we've got the one that got away. Like, and so, like Confederate monuments. Yeah. 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 Exactly. <laughs> oh man, I was being facetious, but I God Mary, the South will rise again, okay? The South will rise Not again. Like I've, I've seen the bumper stickers. Don't worry. <laughs> That's why I drive real fast through Mississippi. If you could pick one person in your life to reanimate and re-kill, who would it be? God. <laughs> why are we reanimating them and killing them? I need more content. Because if I had to, re- if I had to reanimate someone, I'd want to reanimate someone that I know wouldn't hate me for re-killing them, so I'd reanimate you. Okay. That's fair. That's not a good closer. It's just what came out of my mouth when I started talking. <laughs> yeah, I'd haunt the shit out of you if you did that to me. That's why you said Megan and not me. Yeah, I'm drinking wine in heaven with Teddy Roosevelt, so leave no, me no. alone. <laughs> okay, we all there are no US presidents in the good place. Also, Megan would just it would be at the end, like when her eyeball gushes and she's like, Oh you and they go to make out. Megan and I would be like, Oh she'd be like, Oh you and I'd be like, Nah, bitch, I was too quick and I'd re kill her. Because I what about, oh, I have the closer. If you okay. if you were in apparently this really quickly decomposing soil in the pet cemetery, what part of you would go first? Like, that, my dumb Rachel's right eye goes first? My, my right boob. Never right got boob. put back on right. It never got put back on right. Oh, it would man. actually, oh my god, it would actually just all be Tate Rosé. It would be like a full... Oh, it's all like nice. a whole Franzia bag of today rose. Well, what I feel like image. that is the winner, and it's going to be really hard to follow. <laughs> and I feel like Megan yeah. has an awesome one too. So I'm going to go ahead and say I would bloat the fuck up and look like <laughs> a Stephen Gamble illustration, <laughs> like in that trailer for straight for scary things. That, oh my gosh. You know what I'm talking about? Where That's that woman horrible. is like walking down the hall. That's me. I would just be like totally swollen everywhere. Oh That's God. me. That's horrific. Oh my God. Look at the blueberry. Yeah. Bi- the little, little baby blueberry bitch from uh, from uh, Willy Wonka. Veronica? Was it Veronica? No. Veruca. Violet. Veruca. No, Veruca. Oh, which no, one's Violet? Veruca, Veruca was Violet. a bad egg. Yeah. Violet. Yeah. But it was Vi- Violet. You're turning Violet. She was a little know-it-all in the blue jumpsuit, that little bitch. Yeah, if we're comparing ourselves to Willy Wonka characters, I'm definitely Veruca. <laughs> or maybe um, Augustus, who, like, drowned in the chocolate river. I could be him, too. <laughs> oh, my God. He got on my fucking nerves. He makes me so aggravated. I'm so happy when he is gone every time I watch that film. 
I don't know why. He just aggravates the Roald ever-living Dahl shit out of fucking me. hates children. Am I right? Like yeah, he does. Every book he wrote, something Megan. atrocious happened to a kid. Megan, stop dodging. No. What would, what body part of yours would disintegrate horrifically? I'm going to go with my mouth. Because when I was reanimated, like you said, I would probably find humor in it. And that wouldn't be scary at all. But if my mouth is gone and I'm just trying to like... I've got this weird drippy mouth and I'm just trying to like mutter mm-hmm. joke, like knock, knock jokes at you, but it's all coming out creepy and slurred. Cause I have no jaw. Then it would be scary. Yeah. Also, that's going to be like those beasts that Michonne has on leashes in the walking oh, dead. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. That's apparently yeah. exactly what I was like coming out of the anesthesia after my surgery. Like I was trying I to make, no, my jaws were fine. <laughs> then it's only later in life. Um, no, after the surgery, <laughs> Coming out of the anesthesia, I was trying to make jokes, but I couldn't speak clearly. So, like, I knew what I was saying. And, like, there were so, there was some stuff, like, the nurses and my mom could pick up. But mostly it was just really disturbing sounding and looking. And they were like, oh. Yeah. Like, you love me too, Bon Jovi? <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, my God. That's incredible. <laughs> and I tried to make out with the plant. No, yeah. So I thought I was... <laughs> This is from 30 Rock, y'all, if you don't know it. I was saying actually funny stuff, except that I couldn't talk. Like, I sounded, in my in my brain, I was fine. Like, I was I was keeping up, but I couldn't move my mouth yet. Right. So I just sounded yeah. horrifying. Like yeah. Rick in Walking That's Dead when he's coming out of that coma. Like, what? Exactly. Rick All coming out of the coma. Oh. If you want him to be, if you work hard and believe in yourself. Yeah. What's next? Hopefully it's less heavy than oh, it's death and definitely resurrecting better. your family to re-kill them. Totally. Uh, up next we have Misery, originally by Stephen King. Uh, a delightful, delightful little piece of cinema from 1990. Uh, Kathy Bates. With Kathy Bates! Kathy motherfucking She's Bates! I love her. Perfect. Did he do the screenplay for this movie? No. Do we know? No? Okay, so it's yeah, probably okay. That explains then. why it's much better. That explains you know, why it's a much know, better movie. You know who wrote it? You know who wrote it? <laughs> who? Hollywood, Hollywood royalty, William Goldman, who also wrote The Princess Bride and like Fucking every other. Right. Yeah. Every, that's why it's much better. Every okay. other one of your favorite movies. So um, that's yeah. what you've got to look forward to in our little Stephen King saga. Here um, is Kathy Bates and William Goldman with a dash of Stephen King and, Perfect. of course, the hottest guy from The Godfather. So it'll be fun. <laughs> yeah. It's got all things in life that are good. Yeah. So we'll talk to you in a little while. Yay. Thank you guys so much for listening. Don't forget to tell all your friends, rate, review, and subscribe to us. Absolutely. And tell us if you've ever heard of a hobat. Yes, we need to know that too. <laughs> Definitely.